Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. On this episode, we'll be talking about what we're doing to keep busy while staying inside during the coronavirus pandemic. But let's meet the hosts. I'm Jack. I'm Joe. And I'm Scott. And you're listening to the Stuff We Love Podcast. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, how are we all doing on this uh, evening during crazy times? As well Hanging as we expected. Hanging in. We hope all our listeners are doing okay and staying healthy and staying isolated. I really, this is going to be kind of a different show because normally we talk about a very specific topic with something related to the theme parks or movies or something like that. And these are not normal times right now. Uh, we're recording this on March 26th. We are all basically self-quarantining because of uh, the rules put in place by our governor and it's uh, totally bizarre. I mean, Jack, you're home from college. Your school is is your school done yes. for the year officially? My school is done for the year. We were actually one of the first schools to close. I don't know if it's because we're in New York. Um, for the listeners who don't know, I go to Fordham in the Bronx, and I don't know if it's just because they, you know, it's New York. They expected it to be bad there, which it, you know, they turned out to be right. But they closed it at the time. The students were a little bit caught off guard because there really wasn't much coronavirus in the U.S. at all. And so I know Fordham closed, and then also Princeton closed. Obviously, not surprised that those two schools are in the same sentence, but. Uh, aside from that, <laughs> it, it was a little bit weird at first because no one really knew about it. And then all of a sudden, um, we kept thinking that there was going to be that they were going to co close school potentially. And then we get back to school Monday and we had a week before spring break. And we figured, oh, maybe they'll give us like another week after spring break. And we get back to school on Monday. And at 1130, we just get an email. Everyone go home. School is closed mm -hmm. until further notice. It was very abrupt. We think that maybe they heard about potential cases on campus and just kind of freaked out. But Everyone just went home, and uh, it was very sudden. I saw it's tough if you're an upperclassman, a senior. You know, you got all the good things to look forward to at the end of the year, graduation, you know, spring break trips, uh, last time with your friends, and now you lose all of it. And so now they might not even have a graduation because they can't have, can't really have public gatherings. And so there were kids crying. Mm. The freshmen didn't really seem to care, but I felt bad for the <laughs> upperclassmen. Are you uh, taking they... classes remotely? Yes, I'm taking classes remotely. Um, so they Zoom. If if you're, I mean, you're a little late now, but you got to buy Zoom stock because it's absolutely exploded. Because every single college it seems is using Zoom, and uh, so we have classes at around the same time. But it's just, it's obviously not the same. I mean, you're home. You can go to class in your pajamas, and you know it's just very different. But so we're taking online classes. It's going fine so far. So. And Joe, how's the uh, situation affecting you and your work? Basically the same as Jack in school. Um, I conduct all my meetings through Zoom. I, um, you know, just working from home, uh, remoting into the office and uh, trying to get my days filled, just mm. uh, quarantining in the house because, you know, there's a, they didn't officially call it a shelter in place order, but they basically told us, you know, you can't, you can't leave. So, right. and I understand that, you know, no social gatherings, all that. So you can't go to work either. Um, but life continues. So how about you, Scott? Same as you, basically, you know, staying at home. Um, I have gone and brought in food takeout a couple of times, I guess, or, or once so far. And I plan on doing that again this weekend because I think it's good to support the local businesses. And I don't really have safety concerns, you know, taking in food. Right. Um, but we've been cooking a lot more than we normally do. Uh, trying to, you know, when we're outside, it's a weird thing because we go for walks in the neighborhood and it's like a Twilight Zone episode. Everyone is standing at least six feet apart 
And if people get near each other, they really like kind of freak out and start to take steps away. It's so bizarre. It's it's really it's really crazy. But look, it's it's serious stuff. There's a lot of people that are out there uh, sick. And I, I think one of the things that we're learning here is that, you know, we definitely when we think of heroes, we normally think of our military and our police and firefighters, and they are all heroes. But people like the hospital workers and even grocery store workers who have to go to work every day in the grocery store, sometimes with extended hours. We're learning a lot about all the good in our country in this situation, uh, which is which is really um, impressive. But to all, all our listeners, what's most important is that you stay safe and stay healthy. Don't go out. Don't be stupid. Don't do anything crazy. And use this opportunity while you stay at home to catch up on the stuff you love, which is what this podcast is all about, right? So I thought what we would do tonight is we were talking about this and do an episode just talking about things we're doing while we're stuck inside the house, uh, shows we're watching, maybe things we're listening to and all that stuff, and maybe give you all some recommendations with that. So uh, we'll just go around and talk briefly about the things we're doing. Uh, you guys ready to proceed to that? Anything else you want to talk about first? Yeah, let's go. Uh, let's start with uh, you, Joe. Give us a recommendation for something you're doing while quarantined. Okay, so one recommend, obviously... <laughs> While quarantined, aside from working from home, uh, I'm watching a lot of shows, Netflix and Amazon, and reading a lot of books. Um, I will give one recommendation right now. This show came out a while ago. By a while, I mean I would say two or three months ago. Uh, it's based on a book series and also a video game. It's called The Witcher. It's on Netflix. It stars Henry Cavill, who you, some may know as Superman. Um, and... If you're a fan at all of the video game, the books, or just fantasy in general, I, I highly recommend the show. I will say this. When I first started the show, I tried to get my wife to watch as well, and she refused over and over. I finally got her to watch the show, and now she's hooked. All she wants to do is finish the show. So if she can like it, anybody can. It's, it's a very good show. It's very adult. Uh, a lot of um, killing you know, some nudity, things like that. It's kind of like a Game of Thrones type show, although nothing like that. But uh, it, I enjoy it a lot. I, I, I did play the video games, obviously. Um, so I know a little bit of the backstory they're talking about. And I actually read a few of the books as well, which are translated from Poland, Polish, uh, into English. I read those. So it, you don't have to be familiar with it, though. It's a great show. It's very, um, it's funny. It's, it's, it's good. It's, you know, very dark. Um, so I recommend The Witcher on Netflix. That's what I've been watching so far right now uh, in quarantine. Jack, you watch The Witcher? I haven't seen The Witcher, but I've heard great things. So I completely believe um, everyone I've talked to has loved the show. Absolutely. Um, so I've heard, I've only heard good things. For me, I've been watching uh, a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which, again, isn't a new show. It's been out since 2005. I just looked it up. But uh, they just had a new season that came out or about a couple months ago. And I feel like in a time where everyone's so stressed and crazy, it is great to watch a show that is just so incredibly stupid like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And not stupid in the sense that I don't love it. I love the show so much. It's just really dumb humor. And uh, it's just so much fun to watch. Uh, the other thing I've been watching, I had to watch this for school, actually. I have a complete opposite spectrum of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a one uh, season TV show on Netflix called Pandemic. So I had to watch this for a class. And the interesting thing is, so it's all about, uh, it's called Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak. And it looks into all the different areas in the U.S. that work to prevent 
possible pandemics. And the interesting thing is it came out in January of this year. So about a month before everything that started here with coronavirus. And so I was watching it and it's kind of uh, freaky to watch because they're giving all these warnings about how this could happen again and how they're trying to prepare for it. And then a month later, I'm watching it and all the stuff they're talking about is uh, true. So they, they cover the United States. Um, what they focus on specifically within the U.S. is they focus one on New York City. They follow um I forget her name, but she's in, char in charge of coordinating all New York City hospitals on pandemic response. So I'm sure it's funny because I'm watching, I'm like, I'm thinking she is extremely busy now. And they also cover uh, rural hospitals. Um, I think they talk about hospitals in Oklahoma, about their ability to respond to it. Um, and then they also look at city uh, countries like India, and um, they talk about some of the histories of flus. It's a little bit more stressful to watch, especially with everything's going on now. But it was just so weird to watch because everything they're talking about, they're saying pandemic can happen at any point. Uh, here's what would happen. It would spread this quickly. We'd have to do X, Y, Z. And now all those things are happening. So mm. it was kind of freaky to see. Um, Jack, uh, what what uh, do you watch? It's always sunny in Philadelphia on what streaming service? So that's on Hulu. I know, you know, people are obviously really into Netflix. And I know there's a big cult following about around HBO, too. Hulu is a little bit it's a little bit more expensive. Some some people don't like having a third streaming service, but I would watch I would have Hulu for It's Always Sunny Alone because it's one mm -hmm. of my favorite shows. Mm -hmm. But they have a lot of other good stuff too. And they also get shows that are more that are on right now, like the day after. You can pay for Hulu with live TV or you can pay for just Hulu the streaming service. I just have the streaming service. But you can get, for example, any show that would be on NBC, it would come on Hulu for the most part the very next day. So if you right. did want to watch some TV that's on now it's another good reason to have it. Right. I actually just got Hulu with live TV. I, I did have YouTube TV, but they dropped a bunch of sports stations, which I watched all the time. So I had to go to Hulu with live TV because that was the only streaming service that actually had those stations. So I have that and I pay for the no commercial feature. So when you watch, like you were saying, Jack, like shows that come out the day after they're on, when you watch them, there's no commercials. Yeah. Which is really, it's, very nice. it's hard to go from, I was debating on do I get the no commercial version, but once once you start watching with no commercials, it's hard to watch with commercials. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Um, Jack, I'll follow your lead about Hulu and actually give you my first recommendation, which is a show that is a Hulu show uh, called High Fidelity. This is a TV show based on the John Cusack movie that came out several years ago, and it's originally based on a book that came out. Uh, basically, this one stars Zoe Kravitz in the lead role. She plays a record store owner in New York. And it follows her romantic life uh, as she goes and tries to meet up with previous boyfriends that she had. And what's great about the show, if you're a music fan, is that each episode features great, great music. A lot of which I know, a lot of which I don't know. And one of the things that happens when I'm watching it, I hear these great songs in the background. And I'm trying to listen to the lyrics of those songs so that I could go on my Apple Music and search for the lyrics and store those songs in my library. But it's a good show. Each episode is less than a half an hour. It's easy to watch. Very adult-like. They warned that from the start. It's interesting because Disney owns Hulu, but <laughs> um, it's a fun show. I, I like it. So that's one of the things I'm watching, High Fidelity. And something else I'm watching is the most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO. I started it a little bit late, but I'm three episodes into that. And like you said, Jack, with It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's good during these crazy times to watch something you could just laugh at and not be yes. stressed and have a good time. And that's kind of what Curb Your Enthusiasm is for me. I I think each episode is kind of going on a little too long. Each one is like 39, 45 minutes, like, which is long. But overall, it's a good, good laugh. I have fun when I'm watching it. Larry David's very funny. 
So uh, those are two of my recommendations to get things going. Uh, Joe, let's shoot it back over to you. So since you both gave two shows, I'm going to give – I have ten, tons more shows because that's pretty much all I've been doing. Um, you haven't will, been working? <laughs> don't tell anybody. <laughs> I will, um, I, I will t- say I've been watching Love is Blind on Netflix, which is a reality show where um, people try to – find the one that they love but they're going on blind dates but they can't see I've heard each about other. this yes. it's absolutely ridiculous I, <laughs> I i don't know anyone who watches it but i i just want to find someone who does so i could talk about it with them about how insane <laughs> these people are and about what they're doing with their lives um so if you want a, a show that doesn't think about anything but maybe just makes you yell at the screen that's one of them and then another show i've been watching is the outsider on hbo this is about a small town in Georgia where a young child was murdered in the police investigation about who killed this this child. Um, and it's not really a crime show. It's more it's based on a Stephen King book. And it's more of uh, almost it's not a horror show, horror movie, but it's it's more of a fantasy type show um, because there's just the, the person that they're 100 percent certain did the murder. Also, there's no way they could have done the murder. So it's how, how are they figuring this out? You know what? Is there is there a supernatural element to it? Those kinds of things. Um, and, you know, you're watching it and it's very um, atmospheric. It's not like a jump and scare show, but it's very atmospheric where you, you want to know, like, what's going to happen next? And do these other people know who they're talking to right now? So that was uh, that's another show I watched on HBO, which I thought was uh, pretty good. And it's, you know, on HBO on demand now because the whole season's over. So you can watch the entire um, season. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're waiting for episodes to come out. I hear that's a very good show. A lot of people are watching that and like it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I liked it. Jack, what else you got? Um, nothing else for me. I've been kind of doing those things mostly. But I will say for um, – I, I also watched The Outsider. I watched the first probably four episodes. And then I guess in my head I thought it would be more – of like you said, like a crime slash uh, yeah. more realistic. Once they got it, got a little. I don't want to spoil anything, but it got a little bit too supernatural for me, and I just didn't didn't enjoy it as much because it didn't seem. I guess I in my head I thought it'd be a little bit more realistic. I understand it's Stephen King, so I watched the first four episodes. It is I must say like obviously HBO produces things really well, but like the filming and the acting like really good. Like the camera work, like it's really visually cool to see. Um, so it's definitely a good show to watch. Yeah, I mean, it stars uh, Cynthia Erivo, who's a Broadway actress, but also, um, you know, was in Harriet, uh, the Harriet Tubman movie, yeah. and uh, she's very good in it. Um, and there's a few she's other. She's a singer too, I yeah. think. Yeah, she's a singer as well. She has a Tony Award. Um, but there's wow. a few other people in it who, you're, when you see them, you're like, oh, that guy, you know. So it's, uh, it's <laughs> the the cast is yeah. uh, is is very good, and I, I did enjoy it. It is a little supernatural, but you're right. The first four episodes are more of a crime you know, type show. Yeah. And then it kind of segs and in, segues into that, you know, is there something else at play here? Which is a pretty good, mm-hmm. if you like that kind of stuff based on Stephen King book, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. My next thing were actually Legos. Um, I had bought a Harry Potter Lego set and it's the scene, I, I guess it's from Chamber of Secrets where him and Harry and Ron confront Aragog the spider. Am I right about that? Is that yeah. in Chamber of Secrets? Uh, yes. So yeah. it's a scene like uh, it was a Lego set based on that scene. And I built it the other day. And I realized that if I'm going to be quarantined like this for a while, I need some more Lego. So I was actually going to order a bunch of other Lego sets online. 
was thinking about more Harry Potter, maybe one of the Disney sets, the Steamboat Willie. But I found that to kind of be like mindless entertainment, but also requires attention and focus. It gets you to pay attention to something other than the news. Um, And they make for good display pieces when you're done building them, the Legos. So that was one thing I was going to recommend. I also was going to talk for a moment about uh, what I've been reading. Uh, As someone who's a musical fan and a Disney fan, I'm reading uh, this book called Homework, which is the second of Julie Andrews' autobiographies. It's a a good book. I, I like it. I'm almost done with it. And then I just bought on Amazon this book called Emily Moonlight by B. Andrew Scott, also Bart Scott. And the reason I bought it is because, one, I like listening to him on the Sasquatch Lounge podcast. But apparently, if you're a fan of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, which Joe and I certainly are, they say this is a book right up your alley. It's got witches and werewolves and all that stuff set in a high school environment. So I said, okay, this looks like good mindless entertainment. So I bought that, but I can't really comment on it yet because I haven't started reading it. Uh, but I did that. And um, Joe, you, you're reading stuff too, right? Did you uh, have yeah, on your list any books? I, I do. But to your point about the Legos, I've actually been doing a lot of puzzles. Oh, yeah. Um, so we've ordered some puzzles. And it, honestly, like it's been a long time since I've done puzzles. It, it does take your mind off of things. It kind of like you zone out and you, you you do this. So anything like that where you can like use your hands and like build stuff or or do the puzzles like Legos, things like that, I think are, are great things to do while you're, I don't want to say quarantine because not officially quarantine, but while you're, you know, home because of right. what's we're going not, on. Qu- quarantine is the wrong word, right? It's like, we're what are we self-isolating? Social distancing? Self-isolating, yeah. Social distancing. Social distancing, um, right. Yeah, so I, I've actually just started a book called strange practice and it's a book one in a series uh the the author's name is vivian shaw it's book one in what's called the greta van helsing series and it's about a human doctor named greta van helsing i won't get into it too much but obviously somewhat related to uh you know van helsing um who is a doctor to uh monsters and it's basically like she treats vampires and werewolves and things when they fight and get in get injured or something um so it kind of follows her through and it's it's a series about what she does and and it it's a different perspective i read a lot of i read all kinds of books i read a lot of uh, you know science fiction books and fantasy books in addition to like music books and everything that we always talk about um but it's a nice different take on something like that where it's you're following a human who kind of helps monsters instead of it being about the monster it's actually pretty good I mean, I'm not going to say it's, it's you know, uh, Pulitzer work, but it's a fun book to read. Um, and I'm glad that there's, I think, three books out in the series right now. So I so far, I enjoy it. It's pretty good. How much TV have, uh, not James, I, I was going to ask, actually, how much time you spend reading versus watching TV. But I, is it fair to say that we're all watching way more TV than reading? Yeah, I try to read a few. I try to read every night before bed. Right. Um, right. But, you know, once... Once work is done, I uh, usually just I put on the TV or I do a little bit of the puzzle, put on the TV, whatever it is, uh, and then I and then I go back to the reading. So I I do think TV more. Guys, how many hours of TV are you watching on average right now? By the way. <laughs> wow, I don't I don't know if I want to count that. I don't want to answer that. <laughs> a I lot, say uh, certainly a lot. It's a lot. It's more than normal. Uh, right. But but not uh, you know. I'm not, I'm not one of those bingers who watches 24 hours a day of TV. Hey, I'm sitting <laughs> right here. There's only so much Curb Your Enthusiasm you can watch. That's true. That is true. <laughs> my, my last thing I was going to talk about, speaking of TV, 
I've talked about this on some recent episodes of the podcast. I do spend a lot of time watching on YouTube these various theme park vloggers. In particular, mm-hmm. I'm a fans of the I'm a fan of the Tim Tracker and Prince Charm Dev. They very popular vloggers down there. When the theme parks are open, they're covering all the big events at the theme parks, the festivals, new food items, restaurants, attractions, and so forth. What they're doing now is basically covering the shutdown, which doesn't involve a lot of theme park stuff, but it's kind of like what they're doing at home during this time, what's going on in the Orlando area during this time. So I like watching them, and I find them to actually be very comforting. I mean, these are people who are content creators that you're basically welcoming into your house on a regular basis and seeing them continue to operate during this time is actually very, it, it like I said, it's very comforting. And I, I wanted to mention that because I wanted to ask you guys about the current status of the theme parks for, uh, I'm sure most of our listeners know Disney, all the theme parks are closed around the world for the most part, except some of the theme parks in Asia have started to reopen. I guess that's the Disneyland in Shanghai and Hong Kong is reopening, I believe. But here in the United States, Disneyland is closed, Disney World, Universal Studios, theme parks, and no opening date is set. And I wanted your guys' opinions on when you think the parks are going to open and, and why. Like, what, what do you think would get the parks to officially open up? Ja- Jack, let's start with you. It's it's tough. I feel like they're not going to do it at least until all of the stay-at-home orders and all the social distancing stops, right? Because there's no way for Disney to justify opening if they still are recommending social distancing in Florida, for example. And, you know, there's no way to stand on a line or a queue or even be in the park because you know how crowded those parks get and be practicing these policies. So it's it's tough for Disney. Obviously, the parks are their main source of revenue um, for the company. And so the, obviously they want to open up, but they also want to they want to have the safety of the people who are coming to the parks as their number one priority. So like I said, you guys know we're planning on my family has a trip scheduled for May. I don't think it's it's probably not going to happen. There's also questions as to whether or not uh, airlines will even be operating at that point. Mm-hmm. They've already grounded a ton of flights. You, it's hard to get flights in general. And there's questions about whether or not they're going to choose to ground a lot more flights just to contain the spread of this again. So it's 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 tough to say. I, I don't think. I, I maybe maybe through in summer we can hope like midsummer they'll open it up, but um it's hard to say. Joe, yeah, I that's a, it's a tough question because you really just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I have like Jack, I have trips planned for the summer and for September, and I don't even know if those are going to happen because even if they do open the parks, you just don't know if the airlines and the travel industry is going to catch up to them. Uh, I think the parks will be open themselves probably in June. Uh, maybe late May if they can try to get it done, but it depends on what the virus does and, and everything like that. So you just don't know. Um, but I, my guess, if you had to ask me, and I, I read a lot of the same stuff you do, Scott, I, I read travel blogs and travel writers basically all day to see kind of what this is and where things, you know, even before this, I read that, but, you know, to see where things are. So I think the hope is that, you know, end of May, middle of June, they would open some of these parks. Um, but again, you just don't know. Right. What do you think? Uh, another thing worth mentioning, Scott, just before you jump in, is sure. uh, obviously I know in China they've reopened most of the country, but they're still excluding foreign travelers from coming in mm-hmm. because that's how they've been saying. At least they've been getting more of their cases now since they've gotten a co- control of it in their country. Um, it's The question is obviously a lot of people from all over the world come to the parks in uh, 
the U.S. and people from the U.S. go to parks all over the world. The question becomes if Disney considers that, if, say, the U.S. still has a travel ban or vice versa from these other countries that have parks, are, are they going to consider that when they open or choose not to open the parks? Because only certain people are going to be able to get in. So, Yeah, Jack, that's a great point because you know there's some suggestions, including by Dr. Fauci, that this could really take on a seasonal turn. And our summer, you know, hopefully the virus will be done by then. But in Latin America, that's, I guess, their fall and winter. And I know from being in the theme parks in the summer, there's a lot of tourists from Latin America. And I think what's going to have to happen is just like we now have a travel ban on people coming from Europe. I think we're going to have to strongly consider doing the same thing in terms of preventing people from coming to our country from places that are having their, their fall and winter in our summer, because that is a concern. Because let's say the theme parks are open in the summer, which I expect them to be, but you're bringing in people from all around the world, some of which could have the virus. It's that would be ridiculous. That that's contrary to everything we're trying to do. So I think that that's something a lot of commentators are starting to talk about. Uh, I agree, though. I think the, I, I, if I had to guess when the parks are going to reopen, I would say early to mid-June. And I say that because of just everything I hear in the news. Uh, it seems like the month of April is going to be the worst month in terms of the coronavirus. And then it should hopefully start to slow down and uh, as, hopefully immediately. But uh, realistically speaking, it looks like it's going to be a few weeks away. So you'll still have cases in May. And then I would think June it would open up. Uh, Joe and I were talking before we went on the air tonight about whether or not they're even going to be able to have things like Halloween Horror Nights later in the year. Not because there is going to be a problem then. The theme parks, we're expecting them to be open in October and September. But you need to get ready for that now. They normally do the construction for that now, including in the theme parks from everything I understand. So if they can't do that, you got to wonder what the impact is going to be a few months down the road. Um, so Jack, I agree. I think unfortunately your trip may end up being canceled and you'll just have to go another time, which is, uh, yeah. So, yeah. and I know a few people that have trips planned that are going to have to probably do the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. one of the things I was watching on YouTube, which is kind of eerie is seeing what the, the grounds of Disney world and universal were like the day after the theme park shut down and just how quiet it was. Uh, driving through Walt Disney World, for example, they, they, people just put a camera on their like front dash in the car and barely any cars on site. It's totally deserted, except for a few people that were staying at the hotels. And now all the hotels are closed. So it, it's got to be bizarre down there right now. Yeah. One thing uh, to, to know, this was obviously pre-corona before any of this started. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on the new um, ride that opened up in place of uh, the great movie ride. Um I know I saw a Tim the Tracker video where they went on it. Right. And they, uh, it's, what is it, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Train, I think it Runaway is? Runaway Railway. Mm -hmm. Runaway Railway. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys had seen that video, and if so, what your thoughts were on it. Joe? I, I did watch the video. Um, Scott, I know you talked about this earlier on a different uh, different uh, episode, but I, I don't have a problem with the ride, honestly. I like the great movie ride. I'm okay that they replaced it with this. I mean, the video that I watched looked unbelievable. Um, I'm looking forward to going on it. So I'm not one of those people who doesn't want change because, oh, that's what was always there. I'm okay with it. I have no problem with it. Yeah, so I, I avoided watching the ride itself just because I want it to be new to me when I actually go on it. But 
I, um, I'm with you, Joe. I, I love the great movie ride. I'm sad that it was gone, even though I thought it was a bit dated. I think from everything I'm reading and from the few scenes that I did check out, it, the technology looks amazing. Uh, one of the complaints I heard about the ride is that it's too short. I hope that's not true because I don't like short attractions. But uh, I'm looking forward to going on it. And it's just as crazy right now how Hollywood Studios went from being maybe a half-day park not too long ago to now having Mickey's Minis Runaway Railway. Yeah. Galaxy's Edge, including Rise of the Resistance and Smuggler's Run. You have Tower of Terror, Rock and Roller Coaster, Star Tours, the various shows that are there, Slinky Dog, Toy Story Midway Mania, yeah. Aliens Rung They really put all of the uh, like premier rides into this park since yeah. Avatar. You know, Avatar was like the, the premiere for Animal Kingdom. Then they, they basically just did a whole change over to getting this park up to where they think, I guess, where it would be an actual park people want to go to. Before these things were there, nobody even wanted to go to that park. I certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was almost like a waste of the uh, park hopper in that in that day, in my opinion. And now it's like that's where you want to go. Jack, what do you think about this? Yeah, I guess I'm outnumbered. I I mean, I was I think the ride looks cool. Don't get me wrong. I just wish they could have you know both. Like add that add that ride somewhere else. I thought it looked like an amazing attraction. One thing I'll say, and I don't want to spoil this, Scott, for you for the because you haven't seen the ride, but yeah. there's a couple scenes where basically the entire ride, like all the typically when you pull your cart or whatever you're on uh, into a different room, it's a set. Uh, that you're looking at. It's a set, uh, whatever it is, animatronic, whatever it is. The cool thing, it appeared, is that all the rooms can change. So you'll be in one room, and it's one entire scenery and facade, and then you come back in later on the ride, and it's completely different. And you get to actually see the change right as you're in the room Mm -hmm. for in a lot of cases. So that's as much as I'll say. It looked very cool. I I think the ride looks great. I just was a big fan of the old one and would have liked, ideally, to have both. I guess, I know, obviously, that's not always possible. But... um, I really enjoyed the great movie ride. I thought it'd been cool with the great movie ride if they updated it instead of just getting rid of it. Maybe add some like not new movies that have come out a year ago, but maybe some more recent movies that maybe more people would know. Because I thought it was just a cool idea to kind of teach um, people about you know American cinema because it's pretty grand. Yeah, that's that's true, Jack. And, yeah. and now when you go to Hollywood Studios, there's no attraction which really just focuses on movies in general, which is kind of weird. I mean, it's um, you have particular movies that are focused on, but there's no kind of attraction where you'd go in there. For example, the great movie ride, you had <clears throat> Alien, Indiana Jones, Casablanca, Wizard of Oz, Mary Poppins, these Westerns, gangster movies, um, and a bunch of others. Singing in the Rain, for example. And now there's nothing like that. And that's kind of missing because Hollywood Studios, to me, is about a celebration of movies in general, not just the Disney movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like Hollywood Studios lost its theming a little bit just because of how they've been changing things around. Uh, you know, when you walk in, you, you don't think it's modern times, you know, the facades and the way they have the building set up. It's supposed to be a little bit older. And um, obviously now most of the attractions stuff are very, very modern, um, with maybe the exception of the Tower of Terror, which, you know, mm-hmm. is supposed to be set a little bit older. Um, but obviously Hollywood Studios is all about movies. Now they're changing. And like animation, which is a big part of movies nowadays, hence why um the runaway railroad ride is a pretty good fit i just wish they could have kept both it might be a little bit idealistic but there is something by the way speaking of this stuff i'm looking it up online right now uh okay here it is i'm on disney food blog there is a pastry being served at the starbucks in hollywood studios which is a very good starbucks by the way and it is a blueberry 
Um, I don't want to take up all this time on the air. Here we go. A blueberry pie available at the Starbucks, and it looks amazing. Uh, I On a bunch of these vlogs, people went to try it, and they said it was one of the best snacks they've had at Hollywood Studios. So that's something I definitely want to try next time I'm in Hollywood Studios. And it was released in conjunction with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It's like a themed attraction oh, okay. or themed yeah. food based on that attraction. I see. Yeah, I would definitely try that. Have you been to that Starbucks, by the way? I have a couple times. I have. Not. I mean, it's all—it's only when my parents are desperate for coffee because they're big <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts over Starbucks fans. But they do go into Starbucks every once in a while. I know my brother loves it. I, I, actually, that brings up a good question: Dunkin' or Starbucks? What do you prefer, Jack? I mean, board and bread, Dunkin' Donuts. I feel like I can't go back now. I've been—I've been basically living in Dunkin' Donuts. My mom gets three cups of coffee there a day, basically, and I—I uh, <laughs> I grew up on their breakfast sandwiches. Basically, anytime I was going anywhere early in the morning, so I live on their hot chocolate in the winter. So I'd be—I wouldn't be myself if I said Starbucks. So Dunkin' Donuts for me. Joe, I used to be like you, Jack, but uh, <laughs> you've I, grown. I, I here's how I feel. I. I for beverages, I like Starbucks better. Coffee, iced or, or hot, but for food, Dunkin' is way better. I can't Great. stand any of the food items at Starbucks. But okay. So it depends on what I'm going for. Mm-hmm. Do you like the banana bread at Starbucks? You don't even like that, Joe? I really don't. I don't I, I don't like any of their food, honestly. Wow. Jack, have you tried any of the Starbucks foods? Yeah, I have um, because there's one on my campus actually at school. They have a Starbucks. So that's like the only thing they have aside from the horrible cafeteria food. And I'm not just exaggerating. Fordham's food is like you can look this up. It is even though we're in the city, it is ranked as like one of the worst food providers in all of the United States. But that's a different story. But we have a Starbucks. So I go there every once in a while and they take like our dining dollars, which is great. And I've gotten their breakfast sandwiches. Not only are Dunkin' Donuts better, but Starbucks is ridiculously overpriced. Like you'll get a little... A uh, little muffin with like yeah. one little slice of egg and, and sausage, and they'll charge you $7 for it. And you're like, this is nuts. One thing that Dunkin' is definitely better at than Starbucks is their rewards program. So if it, they give you mo- many more rewards yeah. for spending money there through their app than Starbucks does. What, what is it, Joe? You have to spend $75 at Starbucks to, before you get a free drink or something? Uh, yes, and $40 at Dunkin'. And 40 at Dunkin'. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, Starbucks, I know when it's your birthday, they, they for example, they sent to me a free beverage coupon, mm-hmm. but it said it only could be used on my birthday. <laughs> yes. Duncan does, the same. Duncan does the same thing, but they give really? you a normal drink. Yeah, I think they do. Only on your birthday, though? Like, no, no, no. They, no, no, no. Duncan... no, they give you a drink, but it's not just your birthday. I mean, these right. things are yeah, good Right, yeah. Starbucks, months. they said I had to use it on, their birth- on my birthday, which was very limiting. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well. Yeah, I've been drinking a lot of coffee during this. I actually placed an online order at Joffrey's, which is the official coffee, co- coffee company of Walt Disney World. But uh, I haven't received it yet. So we actually got at Whole Foods the cinnamon-flavored coffee, which is pretty good. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I thought this was good tonight. I think that for me and I know for you guys, too, and our listeners, we're kind of looking for pop culture right now. Uh, and I know with conversa- in conversations with a bunch of my friends, we've all been saying that, you know, at night when, after the day is done, you, you just don't want to watch the news anymore. You want to take a break from it. And just immerse yourself in something totally different, things that the stuff you love, basically, to distract yourself from everything what that's going on in the world. So this is good. Um, gentlemen, anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? I will add, Scott, um, another thing that people can watch if they don't want to watch the news. The, I've been watching The Voice um, 
which is on NBC. And uh, I think it's on NBC. Yeah, NBC. It is NBC. And, yeah. um, you know, that was recorded before all of this. And it's just a show I've enjoyed. It's fairly modern, something to talk about with your uh, co-workers, who I guess aren't co-workers now. They're, everyone's at home. But, but it's something to talk about, something to watch where they weren't affected by any of this when they recorded something, you know, unrelated to the news or any of that. So it's a good show to watch. I think it's on, I want to say maybe Tuesday nights or so. Um, on NBC. What are they going to do for the live shows though? You know, they, they transition That's to a good live question. shows at some point. So we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of the question. voice and music, Jack, have you been listening to any music recently while you've been inside? Yeah, I've been listening to uh, a ton of um, a lot of a lot of country music. I don't want to alienate like ninety percent of our fan base by saying that, but I I, I, like, I, I think a lot no of way. our listeners like country. We love country. Really? Okay, maybe it's just kids my age then, because it, country music is not popular. At least maybe not. Wait a Bronx. second. I want well, uh, before you before you wrong. tell me what you've been yeah. listening to. I want to ask you a question based on that. So sure. I mean, I know just from what I've read that across our country, country music is by far the most popular genre of music. But you're saying that at Fordham. Presumably because many of the students come from the Northeast where the country's not as big. Country's not big? Yeah, I will say what is fairly big is like pop country, like Florida Georgia Line and that type. But in terms of what kids are playing on campus, it is, or what they're listening to, it is certainly not country music. And I guess maybe it's the East Coast is a little bit of a bad sample because of where it is, but it's not, it's not super popular there. Mm -hmm. But um, I've been listening to a lot of, um, a lot of country music, and then there's just one artist I listen to called her name's Kelsey Ballerini, and she just released a new album right. as of like a week ago, I think. So if people are looking for some new music, she's definitely someone worth checking out. Um, but yeah, a lot of country music. Very cool. You like the, the country stations on Sirius XM, like Y2 Country, and uh, you listen to those too? I listen to music almost exclusively through Spotify, so yeah. I, I don't really listen to much radio. Um, I know Spotify will do playlists, you know, current country, stuff like that. I'll listen to a lot of those playlists. Uh, one other radio show, not to get too off topic for music, that I've been listening to. I'm sure many of our viewers know about, our listeners know about this. Uh, Barstool Radio. Barstool is a, it's a sports gambling pretty much just a general entertain, entertainment and influencer website. And it's the same thing. If you're looking for something fairly dumb to kind of entertain you in these in these times when you're at home, Barstool's, I mean, I love Barstool, but it's it's some stupid humor there. So yeah. it's definitely worth checking it out. Barstool's great. But Barstool's it great. great. It's great, but it is dumb. It <laughs> is very dumb. <laughs> they do make great clothes, by the way. Their, their shirts are amazing. Yes. Yes. Very funny. Mm -hmm. Joe, what have you been listening to? I, well, I listen to music almost exclusively through Sirius. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of volume talk radio on 106, channel 106 Sirius, which is uh, talk radio about music, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, what new albums come out, new uh, discussions about uh, what are the best songs from 1973 or whatever, anything they want to talk about. Um, so I've been listening to that a lot. I do listen to Outlaw Country a lot on channel 60. Um, and I also listen to uh, Spectrum, which is kind of like just a mashup of everything. And Alt Nation as well. Mm -hmm. So I, I basically listen to everything, but I've been listening through Amazon Music to a lot of uh, jazz and blues radio, uh, which I kind of usually play in the background during work. Um, so that kind of, I just like that as well. So just listening to everything. Joe, so Jack was talking a moment ago about country music. Who are some of your favorite country artists? Uh, that's, I mean, for popular country, I, I honestly don't even like that many of them. The newer country people. Um, I like Eric Church. He's good. Uh, Chris Stapleton, I really like. Who's mm -hmm. uh, more of like blues country, but he's really good. Um, Kelsey Ballerini is very good as well. Casey Musgraves, I love. Although sure. I don't know if she counts as country anymore. She's kind of like did a Taylor Swift type thing. 
Um, Joe, do you know uh, the band Midland? I love Midland. They're awesome. Okay, I was going to say, because blues country, like, I th- that's the first record I want to start collecting vinyls. And their vinyl, I think it was like a mint green vinyl, and it just looked too cool to not get. So that was yeah. the, the first vinyl I've gotten. They're an awesome band. Midland Midland is very cool. They, um, they're very old-time you know, throwback as well. So if you like that kind of country, they're great. Very good. That's interesting. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently. I I need to get back into the music thing. I've been listening to music too, but not as much as I, uh, as I would like. So I got to pick that up. Maybe I'll listen to Midland. You've inspired me. Yeah. Be a great pick. Yeah. Midland and Yacht Rock. Can't go wrong. Yacht Rock is great too. (laughs) I've been listening to Hall and Oates a lot. Hall and Oates. Amazing. They're supposed to tour this summer. That's another thing. Like I was actually planning on trying to see go. some some concerts this summer, including Tim McGraw. Speaking of country, I, I just don't know if it's going to happen. I, I have I, tickets to probably about five or six concerts. One of them was already canceled. It was actually postponed. Uh, a band called White Reaper, which is kind of like a newer rock band, um, that was postponed. But I, you know, I have concerts for July and August. I don't even think I don't know if they're going to even happen. You know, so, Guns of Roses, Rage Against the Machine. Guys, before we wrap up, one thing I just want to ask you about, which I didn't talk to you about tonight, how are you dealing with the world where there's zero sports? It's tough. I was kind of excited about this for, for, at first because I thought it's going to be March Madness where I'm home every day so I can watch because, you know, be typically, at least from, in my experience, I'd be trying to stream during class. I'm sure it's trying to stream during work. And it's now I could watch every single game I wanted to. And then March Madness got canceled. And then, oh, I could watch NBA and the playoffs, and then NBA gets canceled. So, it's tough. It's a little. It's a little less. It's boring, especially in the evening. It's like, what are you going to watch? You typically expect to watch a game or something. Yeah, Joe. It is tough. I've been. I've actually been watching a lot of um, the Olympic Channel because they have old competitions on. I've been watching some of the SEC Network because they have old college football games on. Um, and then just you know, any of the sports channels that have been playing older stuff that have already happened. You, but it's still at least it's something. Um, sure. So that's kind of it. And I've just been following along in the news. You know, the NFL uh, free agency period is still going on yes. because their season is not yet, knock on wood, been canceled. Yeah. So they're just doing whatever they're doing. Um, right. So I've been following that, has that been a lot. That very interesting so, to follow. Uh, yeah, at least we have that. Today was a tough day because today was it was going to be opening day for Major League Baseball. Yep. And that's just one of my favorite days of the year. And now it's like it's not even on your radar screen, basically. Uh, so how this all plays out in terms of baseball, I mean, the commissioner, Rob Manfred, said, we're going to be playing this year. We'll just have to figure out the logistics. But what that means, how long the season is, how long it goes, if they plan on playing into November, where the Maybe games are going to be. Maybe will take Scott Boris's idea and play yeah. uh, the World Series over Christmas. You know, I was knows? thinking, I mean, that's okay. Like, if that's what has to be done. I'd rather see a full 162-game season than a shortened season, how, however they work it out. Yeah, I agree. I will say, I don't know if I've told you guys this, um, I have two friends from high school who are now on the Yankees. I mean, they're in the farm system right now. They're not going to be starting anytime soon. Right. But I had two classmates of mine. One is um, Al Leiter's son. He's a kid mm-hmm. named Jack Leiter. And mm-hmm. there's a kid named Anthony Volpe. And they were yeah. uh, yeah. they were both picked, or I think uh, Volpe was picked in the first round for the Yankees for the MLB draft. And it's a lot different than the NFL draft or anything like that. They're not expected to play because they're, they're picked when they're very young. Right. But it's like cool to watch. I mean, I'm always I'm always rooting for them, uh, even now more so since I'm in the Bronx. But I have, if you any Yankees fans out there know that um, there are two, uh, two, two players on that team who are, uh, who I got to go to high school with, which is very cool. And they were nice kids, so. One day you're going to go to a Yankees game wearing an Anthony Volpe jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from high school. That'd be great. 
Also, I was so excited for the season to see how the Houston Astros would be treated. <laughs> now, they, they got lucky. Yeah, they definitely lucked out. And another thing that's weird with baseball, too, is that let's say they decide to come back. Well, I don't see how they just start the season. I mean, they, they weren't even halfway done with spring training, basically. Yeah. So I, I don't know how that plays out. Yeah, I don't know. Um, anyhow, listen, guys, it's great talking to you tonight. Um, for our listeners, just stay safe, stay healthy, You know, keep your distance from other people. Like I said at the beginning, don't be stupid. Uh, I was driving today. I saw a group of people just hanging out in a large group on the side of the road. That's stupid, okay? Anyhow, listen, I want to tell you where you can find our podcast on social media. We're on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram, Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page, which we encourage you to go and like. Uh, we have a website, StuffWeLovePodcast.com. You can write to us, StuffWeLovePodcast at gmail.com. Please tell us how you're spending your time while self-isolating. Uh, check out our blog on the website along with a link to some prior episodes. We had a lot of great guests on recently, a lot of fun content there for you. Uh, please continue to leave those good five-star reviews on iTunes. It makes it easier for others to find the show. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. We're available on podcast platforms everywhere, including on Spotify, where our numbers are really strong. So thanks to all of our Spotify listeners. And let's go around the table one more time. Uh, I am Scott. I'm Joe. And I'm Jack. And you've been listening to the Stuff We Love podcast.